Welcome back to another edition of the Twins Wrap. Derek Hansen, along with the television voice of the Minnesota Twins, Dick Bramer, with us. And well, before we get to last night's win, Dick, I want to talk about Saturday because that was one of the more improbable days in all my years of watching Twins baseball. Well, it was uh, unfortunate because, if anything, the rainout on on Friday kind of crippled the Twins because they said they would be uh, going with two bullpen games in a in a doubleheader that was critically important to both teams, more so for Cleveland, certainly, than the Twins. But then, you know, they used the bullpen format, shut out the Indians in game one, and uh, everybody was quite content with that and some time to process uh, – uh, winning the first game of that series when you thought going in you might only need to win one. And then, uh, lo and behold, they do the bullpen format again. Lewis Thorpe struggles a little bit, but everybody else does such a good job. Uh, and then Sano hits the big uh, grand slam at the end. You end up with two wins on a day when you were just hoping to get one. And it went a long way toward propelling the Twins to what we think is going to happen now, uh, an American League Central Championship. Yeah, it's interesting because then that led to Sunday. What was your take on it? Because obviously my buddy is and I, and I told you off there, we were in Green Bay at the football game following you guys very closely on, on the phone or whatever. But uh, do you think that Barrios would have went Sunday if they would have even split or maybe even got swept for sure probably? But that was kind of an interesting thing that they decided to wait to pitch him till last night. Well, I think if you're Derek Falvey and Thad Levine, you have to have both uh, nearsightedness and farsightedness. And I think you need to try to make moves with both in mind, if that makes any sense. And once the pressure was taken off of that series, and that probably was taken off in game one, uh, and then you fought, come from behind and win game two, uh, you know, why not give Barrios and everybody else an extra day? Uh, and I think the results last night suggested that was probably the right move to make Sunday's game was very winnable. You've got all these relief pitchers out there who all need to pitch anyway, or there's no point in them being uh, on the team. And uh, it almost worked again on Sunday. So if, you know, oddly enough, if Kyle Gibson, the one guy in the starting rotation who actually threw a pitch in that series, uh, if he hadn't come out of the bullpen and struggled, uh, they might probably would have left Cleveland with three wins. So, um, you know, it's it, it's it was a unique situation, but I I'm, keep telling Twins fans now since then, don't be surprised that if the Twins get to the playoffs, if there isn't a bullpen game or two mixed in there, because it worked in Cleveland. The last road trip before that, it worked at Fenway Park against a good Boston lineup. So uh, if, if you have paid attention, you uh, can understand, I think, the merits of trying something like that, particularly if you don't have a rotation like the Houston Astros. It is amazing how this team has gone from, you know, kind of a 180 where the concern for what the first four months of the season maybe were the bullpen and then the starters seem to be okay. And that's been uh, <laughs> the total opposite now. It's crazy how this has happened with this team that's been so successful all year long. Yeah, since August, the Twins' bullpen has been the best in baseball. And uh, they've done it with virtually no contribution from Sam Dyson, who was supposed to be the big addition to the bullpen at the trade deadline. And it's unlikely, I think, at this point that Dyson's going to help at all this year. But it and, and it's a reflection, I think, of the depth of the organization that most of the guys who have stepped up, now Romo's gotten some big outs and pitched some big innings, but most of the guys that have fortified the bullpen have been internal. Guys like Zach Littell, Trevor May, 
McDuffie, and now, you know, lo and behold, they got a 21-year-old kid they call up from the minor leagues who's throwing 100-mile-per-hour sinkers in Gratterall. So uh, moving forward, should this Twins team actually get into the playoffs, uh, instead of it being a, a trouble spot, there's a real good chance, I think, at this point that uh, the bullpen actually could be a difference maker against either the Yankees or the Astros. Gratterall, as you said, I mean, he uh, he can be a big factor for this team, right? I mean, that's the way he has control of that pitch, and he throws it 100-plus. It almost looks effortless the way he does it. It's, uh, as they say, the ball comes out of his, out of his hand free and easy. And it's not just the triple-digit velocity. It's the movement on the pitch. There are very few, if any, relief pitchers who are, you know, who've been around a while who can do what he can do to a baseball. Zach Britton from the left side had an upper 90 sinker, and he was, you know, the best closer in the game for a while. And so I, I would be surprised at this point, unless he completely falls apart in the remaining outings that he has. And I think what we'll see, too, is, him given uh, being given more uh, high leverage situations to see how he handles it all. But he came out of the pen. He pitched in Boston. He pitched Saturday night in Cleveland. And even the Cleveland players would tell you that was one of the better atmospheres uh, they've had in that ballpark all year long. He took the stage. He did his thing. Uh, a couple of scoreless innings and went a long way, I think, towards uh, not only getting the Twins a win that night, but getting himself a spot on the postseason roster which is crazy and we've seen this happen before in the postseason where a guy maybe gets a late September call up and becomes I don't think he was necessarily September call but was late like kind of like Francisco Rodriguez in 2002 when the twins faced him right I mean that K-Rod I mean that was hopefully that could be a similar type of thing yeah and it was a September call up he was was still pitching for Rochester and uh, you know was a starting pitcher and so now you have that factor, too, where somebody who's used to pitching five, six, maybe even seven innings can funnel all his energy into one or two innings. And we've seen not an uptick of velocity, but real crisp, sharp control for the most part. He's had one kind of iffy outing, uh, but the other have been dominant. And as you look forward to October and a playoff possible playoff matchup against the Astros or the Yankees and their tremendous lineups. Well, those guys haven't seen what Gratterall brings to the mound. And so, again, unless he completely falls apart here, can't throw it over the plate, uh, I think he's a lot to make the postseason roster if there is one. It's not quite what it was in May, but it seems as if the offense, they're picking each other up again, much like they did early in the season when they were at the historic rate. It's not quite there, but it seems to be better as of late. Would you agree? Yeah, and it's been a good, uh, if not uh, the same, uh, production without some key guys. Buxton's done for the year. Kepler has hardly contributed the last couple of weeks. C.J. Crone uh, played only out of necessity for a long while. His thumb is still giving him trouble. Uh, so there are some guys who have been a big part of what happened here early in the season who haven't been able to contribute, but now, you know, Marwin Gonzalez is back. And so, you know, Kepler hopefully will be following him in a couple of days. So the whole point of it is to make sure your guys are ready to go at the end of the regular season. And there are some encouraging signs that that's exactly what's happening. We talked so much about who would you really rank as an MVP in this team. It's so hard to do, but 
I, I think you and I would agree, you know, maybe since early August, Luis Arise, I mean, he's got to be talked about. He's been unbelievable on both sides. Yeah, and then I don't know how you could turn your back on Nelson Cruz and what he's meant to that lineup. He may hit 40 home runs. Um, he's had to deal with some, you know, physical discomfort of his own. Uh, you know, there are a lot of candidates out there, and no one's going to be, you know, in the top 10 maybe for league MVP. But Polanco really has been the rock. You know, he had a couple months where he wasn't really as productive. Um, I hate to say this because it was such a privilege for him, but he may have benefited benefited from having an all-star break, and he didn't uh, have that. Of course, he was the starting shortstop for the American League. So, But he's found a second wind, if you will, and he really looks like a guy that the Twins can ride into October much like they did in the first half of the year. He's been really, really good, and he's tightened things up defensively. That was a big concern, and I think he's found what works for him, which is oddly everything I and probably every other kid who played baseball was taught not to do. Don't throw sidearm and get your legs, you know, get your foundation with your legs as you get ready to make your throw, and he does it just the opposite of all that. He, he throws sidearm. And he's a much better thrower when he is in motion with his legs. And all that matters is whether the ball's delivered to first base. And lately, he's been pretty good with that. Uh, speaking of balls moving around, whether it be pitching or whatever, I, I don't think I've ever seen as, something as goofy as his uh, hit last night where the third baseman thought he had it. That was, I mean, you see balls kind of go around, go from foul into fair or whatever, but that was a, that took a 45-degree angle turn like no, nothing I've ever seen. Yeah, for fans who weren't watching or haven't seen the highlight, he hit it right off the end of the bat, and there was so much spin on it, it was headed toward the third base bag and ended up leaving the infield about 25 feet from the third base bag, and Mankata, the third baseman, lost his footing trying to reverse field on what was a really weird base hit. Early in Target Field's history, and I want to say it was like 2014 or 15. Brian Dozier hit one as a right-handed batter that came off the end of the bat and at one point was maybe 12, 15 feet foul. And it spun all the way back out of foul territory, crossed the line, and he got an infield hit. So we've seen it. doesn't happen very often, but we saw Dozier do it as a right-handed batter. And last night we saw Arise do it as a lefty. Perez going tonight for the Twins. We'll see how it plays out. I mean, he, he's been kind of hot and cold. Hopefully he can get a hot one tonight. Yeah, as effective as the bullpen a notion has been for the Twins. They'd really like to see Oda Rizzi and Perez step things up. Of course, they're without Pineda. Uh, don't really know, frankly, uh, for Kyle Gibson, what his future holds, whether it's in the rotation, whether it might be in the bullpen. But you'd like to go into the playoffs with your starting pitchers at least able to give you five effective innings, and we'll see if Perez can do that tonight. Very good, Dick. Thanks so much for your time, as always. I appreciate it. All right, you got it, Derek. Talk to you next week. You bet. Talk to you next Tuesday. It is the Twins Wrap, brought to you by Jefferson Lines here with Dick Bramer, the television voice of the Minnesota Twins. Derek Hansen with you. We'll be back to wrap up the Drive Time News Hour here on the Mighty 790 KFGO.